This is Savannah and Allison with Gracefield Chatter, where we talk about honoring God with our life, love, work, and relationships. Join us every other week for a little bit of wisdom and a lot of laughter. Hello, everyone. Hi, guys. So, Savannah, what was the brightest part of your week? Well, this morning, Allison made me pancakes. Oh, they were so good pancakes. Sweet. so good. Thank you. You're so sweet. You're welcome. What's your bright part of the week? Hmm. I started a new job this week, so it was really fun. I was at our church, and I got to plant flowers in the planters oh. outside and put together Mother's Day gifts for Sunday, and um, it was fun. It's a fun, fun week. Zero complaints. Zero complaints. Nice. And the weather was so pretty outside. It was, except So yesterday. I was getting to make Mother's Day things outside on the picnic table. It was a beautiful week, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really was. Until yesterday. And then I got to plant flowers outside. It was good until yeah. yesterday. Yeah. They yeah. closed school at lunchtime. Which was crazy because the tornado, the tornado <laughs> rotation in the mountains. <laughs> did not even come until like 8 o'clock at night. Oh. But Sorry, guys. I got some really big hail at mom and dad's house. Really? Last night at like 8. I was wondering if it was hailing because Jordan and I walked outside and it was like, sounded like someone was pounding on our roof and I never saw hail. Yeah, there were, like, ice piles in their yard, like, in the corners oh. where things were, like, you know, it was on a hill. So, yes. like, in the corners where it was running down and landing all together, there were, like, little piles what of hail. those little white balls? <laughs> I was getting ready for a Cinco de Mayo party tomorrow, and so I was hanging up these taco shells that I had painted and decorated really cute. And I was hanging actual them on shells? A, uh, actual shells. Actual shells. Shush. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was hanging them on a yarn on the, over the window. It's like a little banner. And then mm. I'm going to put bright colored beads underneath them. And it's super cute. But the hail started coming and the window started rattling. And I looked at mom and I was like, if this tornado shakes this window and breaks my taco shell decor, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> and then we both died laughing because what an insanely hilarious sentence. No, my never- taco shells. The tornado <laughs> broke my taco shell <laughs> that I hand painted. What was funny is dad came up to me while I was painting them and he's like, is that edible paint? And I was like, no. And he goes, okay, we have to make sure the people tomorrow don't eat those. And I'm like, well, they're going to be hanging on a banner. So I sure hope no one just walks up to them and eats them. I will. And he just looked at me like, I don't even know where to start. And he just walked away. He's we not didn't creative, explain it to him, no. Okay. So he didn't know the whole vision or, like, what I was doing. Mm-hmm. He just saw me painting taco shells and was like, this is going to make it really hard for me to eat those. Uh-huh. Okay, Dad, go away. <laughs> right. You can see it tomorrow. <laughs> right, right. But anyway, <laughs> I'll have to go back to Mom's today and make sure the tornado did not oh, break my taco shells. Yes, yes. I feel like she would have sent me a picture if they were shattered on the floor. Catastrophic. But yeah, I think they're going to be okay. They're fine. What are we doing today? <laughs> All right. Today, we are talking about boys. Oh, boys, they're so scary. (laughs) True. (laughs) So, I'll ask you first, how many boys have you dated? Like, back in the day in high school, were you super flirty and boy crazy or not really? No. (laughs) I had a lot of guy friends, but I was not the one to date. Mm. I went on, like, a date or two, and I had a relationship for, like, a week (laughs) in high school. (laughs) But no. Mm -mm. No. I was yeah. a girl. That was the friend with all the guys. That was me. Oh, yeah. yeah. I loved hanging out with guys yes, at that age. But not dating them. Mm-mm. Agreed. What about you? Um, Kind of the same. I had a couple guys really interested in me in high school. One, I 
kept him in the talking zone for like a year and a half. I never bum, would. Bum, bum. I know. And then finally I was like, so we're not ever going to get to dating. <laughs> but thanks for talking to me. No, and he was really heartbroken then. But then we became really good friends again later. He's still like an incredible guy. He's now married and has like three kids. And they're Aww. precious. He's still precious. I love his whole family. But yeah, that one did, didn't, didn't work, work out. out. No. And I felt terrible afterward. Especially now as an adult. But at 13, you just don't like, you don't know what you're doing. and I've done that. Yeah. So then later in high school, I had a boyfriend for the last year and a half, like junior, senior year. Um, We were real serious. We were going to get married, like the whole shebang, you know, because at that age, you definitely think you found it. You sure do. Yeah. And then I haven't had a boyfriend since then. So (laughs) that was it. That's good. But I really wasn't boy crazy even then. Like, I had a bunch of guy friends, mm-hmm. even with him. Like, we would go with 4-H and shoot. He was the first person that taught me to shoot a gun. Sweet. That was when I got really into it. Yeah. Was with him. And his best friend was one of my best friends. Like, the three of us hung out all the time. When three amigos. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went to a women's college, so I did not have guy friends. You know, I went on some dates, but it never went past the first date. Mm. That was pretty much yeah. My history all through my 20s was like one or two dates and then I was done. I didn't even go on dates. I got turned down by one guy. Oh, wow. But I ended all the rest of them. <laughs> but, you know. Humble. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was that one that said no. That's fine. But I wasn't really boy crazy. It seemed like I never really wanted it. They were always the one that were like, can I like, take you out to dinner? And I feel like if they got all that courage to ask me, I feel like I should go on one date with them. Right. So that was why there was a lot of one daters. Yeah. I didn't really want to go, but I felt like I should, should encourage them because yeah. they asked me and they were offering to pay for a meal. And, and you tried you know. and it was like, yeah. no, not for me. Yeah. It was I, just a lot of, eh, yeah. I don't really want to do this. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm not going on a date on anybody. Yeah. No dates. I was scared. My anxiety did not like dating. <laughs> it was so bad. I was asked a couple times and I could not eat. Oh it was an undergrad. Gosh. I went, went on a double date with somebody in undergrad with one of my friends and I could not even eat. I was like picking at my food like chicken. Oh my gosh, that's so <laughs> and sad. And then like my last my last relationship for like six months I couldn't eat. I could oh, eat, man. but it was like my anxiety was miserable. But I feel like at that point compared to mine now, I probably should have known that was not what I was supposed to be doing because I have like hardly any anxiety now with this one. Mm. And that was gone like after a month. <laughs> and I was able to eat and it was like, okay, here's your sign. <laughs> you can eat. It's a sign to girls with anxiety. If you can't eat when you first start dating some guy, he's probably not. That's right. That's right. Okay, the first date or two is going to be a little rough. Okay, it's fine. It's normal. But when you get to like date four or five, you should be able to at least eat half a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I feel like the only anxiety I've felt has been like a few weeks to a month in and you start having that I'm starting to feel something is he feeling anything and then I get anxious about like if we're equally feeling things yes. and I have trouble sleeping at night but it's never been eating is that kind of what goes through your head yes, too I do that too and then that's and then my anxiety will be like well you don't really like him but maybe you do like him and oh. then like you sit there and you battle with yourself but you're like oh I know I do but then you're like but do I yeah it's just a mess that's how mine is if it comes up in the middle of the night mm-hmm. like I cannot go back to sleep I can't yeah. quit thinking about it I can't and you're just, like, sitting there like, God, please help me go to bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then some guys that I've talked to and I tried to share that with, they, like, brushed it off like it was nothing. You know, like, you're just being dumb. You need to get over it. Yes. I have, have one of those, too. Happen? Yeah. A lot. And now this one that I have is not like that. He's Same. Like, it's okay. Like, it's, it's also fine. like, it's okay. We can talk about it. Right, right. What do you need to talk about? And I'm like, you want to? Okay. Okay. I'm okay with talking about it. Yes, okay, we can talk about it. You want to talk about how crazy you want I am? Yes, sleep. please. You want me to sleep good tonight? Wow, that's so thoughtful. That's so nice. You actually care about my feelings. <laughs> yeah. 
Right. <laughs> Same. Okay. Anxiety is definitely a thing in dating. Oh, And I yeah. think that's what makes it not fun. Yes. And I think when you're younger, like, it felt more fun then. And then the older I get, the, the less fun it was. And I'm with you until this one that I'm in now. But before that, it's like, it wasn't fun. It was like something mm-hmm. I had to make myself do because I feared that if I didn't, I'd be alone forever. Yeah. So. I, and I, like, totally took the opposite. I'm like, well, I'll just be alone forever unless <laughs> someone just comes along. But I did reach out with my last one first, and this one I didn't. It just He just kind of showed up. Mm. So it worked out much, much better. Yeah. So, okay, so you've also tried to reach out first or make I the have. first move? I made the I first have. move before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. It never worked out for me either. But well, I, I had, like, a three-year relationship, but I'm like, mm. Yeah. Lots of lessons learned. Oh, lots of lessons mm-hmm. learned. Mm-hmm. I feel like that for sure. I'm not someone who's like, you should definitely go date a whole lot to learn all the things, unless you just love dating. Yes. But mm-hmm. I have learned stuff from every time I've dated. Yes. For sure. I have some friends who are like, I'm going to go all on these dates and get all this free food. I'm like, that's fine if you want to try to get to know them. <laughs> I mean, I think that's fine because you were doing it like legitimately trying to see if you wanted to have somebody. Yeah. Let's see if there was potentially someone you're supposed to be with. Me, right. I'm like, Correct. anxiety attack, no. Because I'm not going to eat, so it's a waste of money for them. They're going to spend like $15 on something and I'm not even going to eat the thing. <laughs> That's so true, though. If you Sorry. already know, you're not going to eat it's it. It's true. It's like, let's can go, we go walk like, in the park yes. instead of eat. Yes, let's do that. Please. <laughs> you don't understand. I'm trying to be respectful of your money. That's right. And and giving me something to do with my feet and my hands because I can't sit still. <laughs> I have issues. That's so funny. That is so funny. I did have someone ask me at some point. They're like, you're such an introvert. Like, how do you handle these days? Like, the first day always makes me so nervous. I'm like, I don't know. I guess it's because I've been on so many. <laughs> like, it never turns into a second date. So I just get really good at first dates. But what's bad about that is that when I want to go deeper with someone, I can't. That's when I struggle. You're like, I can handle the shallow first date, get them to talk about things. Yes. And I've gone out with some super nervous guys that I've gotten to, like, calm down and open up and talk to me. But when it comes to actually me being vulnerable after the several first dates, that's when I get super freaked out. That's when it goes from a job to an actual relationship. Yeah. And as scary as and crap. so scary. Mm-hmm. That's when my anxiety starts spiking. It's not the first date. It's like when I actually rarely decide to get to know someone and let them into my life. That's that is scary, though. Scary and something I'm not good at. Nope. Same. What things through all those dating that we've kind of done on and off or watched other people do, um, what have you learned or what have you found that's frustrated you? Um, I have learned not to make excuses for Mm. actions that are not good. I have learned how to have more respect for myself and know when I'm being pushed over. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. I've I've figured out what is healthy and what is not and what is godly and what is not and how to stand my ground and not be in a relationship that is not honoring God just because I want it and I don't want to make the other person happy because in the end you're I, I was miserable yeah that's probably it that's really good one of the one many of the things you've learned yeah what things about dating in general that have you like gotten frustrated with it's like the way uh, we do things uh, so the way everybody communication that's yeah. like you're mad well why don't you say something instead of being huffy and puffy like you know i'm <laughs> like good. i can tell you're mad look what's wrong with you <laughs> but i do the same thing like I i'll ball up and I'm i'll be quiet <laughs> and they're like are you okay yes i'm fine are you sure i'm fine <laughs> i've gotten i'm like okay savannah just talk <laughs> to just tell them. And then, like, forgiving them. Like, okay, mm. forgive them. They are a human being. Your dumb self has done it, too. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, communication's a big thing. I'm not thing. the best at it, either. 
I know it's hard and then every person is different too mm-hmm. in the way they communicate so like when you have relationships with anybody you have to like find a blend of how both people communicate right so that everyone feels heard and that's like hard yeah right and then on the communication you want to be honest and that's mm-hmm. something I'm not I wasn't good at I just thought well if I'm quiet and I don't rock the boat maybe we'll still stay together you know oh yeah and um that was with my last relationship when the whole time I knew God was like this isn't what you're supposed to be doing you know better and so on the one I'm in now I am pretty honest and like I'll say when something upsets me or I'll say something that I think is not good and we actually talk about it we Mm -hmm. communicate and we come to a compromise which is very healthy and very needed yeah I agree completely and that communication is hard because I'm the same way like for me I like to think about things first depending on what the issue is. But sometimes I really like to think through something before I let it out because I'm angry in the moment and I don't Mm -hmm. want that to come out. But I'm also try really hard not to hide things from people just out of a desire to be honest. So then they know I'm mad. Right. And then it's like, why are you mad? I'm like, I'm not ready to talk about it yet. (laughs) Like you go. No one likes that answer because then they're just sitting there like waiting, you know, like how bad is it? Right. What is she thinking? It's like, no, I'm just trying to process and decide like what is immediate emotion you're and what so much like jordan <laughs> needs to be talked about oh my gosh of course i am <laughs> but i also like i can't do it too long i'm not somebody right. who can be like three days let me sit in no. this and figure it out this is like a 30 minutes to an hour is what i'm talking about like yes. just give me a few minutes to process. process and let go of any emotions that just got sparked really fast that don't yes. need to come out but people don't like that because they don't like to just sit for 30 minutes and be yes. like what's wrong with her i've How done that she? i've done that yes <laughs> yeah but I was on the receiving end of that. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for those of us that That's try fun. to. But I'd rather you hold it in and be quiet than, like, lash out and then be like, I'm sorry. That was a little too much. I let out too many things. Yes. I'm like, okay, thank you. I Let's did talk communicate what I was thinking, but it just wasn't the nice version of what I was thinking. <laughs> right, right. I'd rather be you be quiet and not yell at me and make a scene when we can talk it out later. Because yeah. I've probably done something stupid. <laughs> I was trying to think for me what the biggest frustrations have been. I feel like I get really frustrated with the way most people date. Mm-hmm. Like I felt that really young. Like the one relationship I had in high school, he was the one he asked me out and then he like told me. We had just gone through this big dating thing in our youth group. So he was like, listen, I want like a relationship that honors God. I want to like not even hold hands for a long time. Like I just wanted to keep it really getting to know each other, becoming good friends. But we're dating like it's exclusive. But just go slow and focus on the Lord. And we both decided then that, like, kissing was off the table. It was very God-honoring and the way it started, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And we were both trying to do the right thing. But then there were a lot of things we would encounter that, like, everybody else was doing. Right. And we would have to, like, sit down and talk about it. Like, what do we want to do? Do we feel like that's the right way to do it? And I feel like there's so much, like, competition and jealousy mm. in almost everybody's relationships, especially young, like high school, college. It's just really common. Right. And so there was a lot of that that I was just watching going on around me. And I remember being in college and girls had boyfriends and they just, they were always fighting and they Mm -hmm. were always doing stuff behind each other's backs. It's like in the church and outside of the church. And part of me was just like, I just don't want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. Like it seems stressful, Mm -hmm. anxiety. Like you never know if you're fighting with them or if you're good or bad or like if they're cheating on you. Like there's just too many things going on and I really just enjoy school and I want to enjoy school and focus on it and learn and have fun and not have all that in my life. Right. And I don't remember having a lot of friends that were dating really healthy, to be honest. 
My oh. best friend in college did, but they dated for one year and then got married the next summer. Like it was really fast. Right. And then one of my other friends had a bunch of different relationships, some healthy, some not as healthy. She knows that too. She's married now. But um, like that point in time, she was going through a lot of that. And then I just would go out to dinner every now and then with a guy and it just, it just wasn't good. And I right. was like, I don't, I'm, I think there has to be more than this. I think mm-hmm. that was my biggest frustration is I didn't know what it should look like, but I wanted something better yeah. and healthier than what everybody was doing. Yeah. And that's so true because so many people, even when I was younger, we wanted a relationship just to have a relationship. Yeah. And I, and at that point I was not strong in my relationship with God. He was just a part of my life and he wasn't my life. You know, I wasn't talking to him. I wasn't praying with him. I wasn't reading my Bible. I wasn't doing anything to actually have a active relationship with him. So I was craving what everybody else had and I was mm-hmm. comparing my life with everybody else. And I think comparison kills. Oh yeah. And I think that that's a big thing that young people, they want what everybody else has and they feel lonely because they're not like everybody else. Yeah. And I wish someone would have told me and I would believe them to actually go and get closer to God because those five, six years of misery of comparison would not have been as bad as they were. Oh yeah. You're single, you're seeing everybody else in a relationship and you feel like you need one. Mm -hmm. When you're in a relationship and you don't really know how to do it well, you're just comparing to everybody else's relationship. And so then you're just choosing the same conversations you're seeing around you. Right, absolutely. And no one's really thinking it through or Mm -hmm. like planning it. Like, what are we doing? How are we benefiting each other's lives? How are we Mm -hmm. growing alongside each other instead of let's date because everybody's dating. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I, was I think just, you're cute. Yes. And I was just, that, I was just thinking that like people date just to date Yeah, and dating's not in the Bible. <laughs> you know, you're supposed to date to find a spouse, not right. a relationship, a spouse um, to do life with. And it's not about just dating just to date because everybody else is dating and you feel like you need to fill that void in your life. You got to date to find who God wants you to be with and you're dating for marriage only. And they would have like eight, nine, 10 year long relationships you know, living the way the world wants you to live. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's pointless. Like, I didn't want that. Yeah. I, so I, I think we've discussed this before, but in high school, I wanted to marry a missionary and have like 20 kids. Like, that was mm-hmm. my dream. I wanted to adopt. I wanted to have kids on all the things. Big old house full of family. And that was my dream. And I talked to God about it a lot. Like, I thought he had given me that dream. <laughs> and then when that high school relationship ended and I went away to college, it was all very like traumatic and nasty and I was just ready to get away and have a fresh new start. Mm-hmm. And it was very God-centered. Like when I first went to college, it was just like, God, show me what do you want me to do? I'm in this brand new place with brand new friends. And I was very focused on him. And I think that's why I look back so highly on college. There were so many things that God pushed me out of my comfort zone to go do. Like I went on my first overseas trip without family twice in college and then I led Bible studies like I'd never done anything like that. I wanted mm-hmm. outgoing people to do that. You know, I didn't want to do it. <laughs> I had to, you know, I've been homeschooled, so I had to get up in front of classes and mm-hmm. give speeches and presentations. And then I got chosen for senior project presentations in front of the whole school. <laughs> and yeah, like things that I just did not do. And God just kind of brought them like one step along the way all through those four years. Mm-hmm. And when I left school, I was so confident in what he could do with my life. It was transformative in that way, but there were no dating relationship. There were some random dinners, but that was it. There was no boy in that picture at all. It was just me and God. And I think that got me through my 20s, honestly, because there were some ups and downs in the 20s of like, okay, God, like I still thought we had this dream, this missionary and this big family. Like (laughs) I still want to be in Africa in the hut with the 20 kids. Like, is that dream going to happen? Is it not? And I would get frustrated and I would definitely get lonely. All of that happened, but I was still excited about what God could do. Mm -hmm. 
because he'd blow my mind when I was in college and I just kind of let him have that time. I think that's really good too because we really need to live our single life well. I think God gives us the singleness, the time for being single, and he gives it to us for a certain length of time and I think he uses that to help us bring us closer to him and what he wants for our life Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize that until more recently because I was chasing after the dream of I want to get married and have kids and instead Mm -hmm. of focusing on okay here I am God use me what do you want me to do and I think he gives us those that time of singleness specifically to grow in him on our own by ourselves with it's just him and I and I think that's the harm in dating just to date Yes. Is that you're so distracted with boyfriend problems and boyfriend thoughts. We Anybody who's dated knows, like, it takes up so much of your mind mm-hmm. and so much of your heart because they're cute and you like them and, right. like, you know, and that is all time and space and thought process that is not being devoted to the Lord. Absolutely. You don't leave room in your life for God to pick you up and take you on a grand adventure. Right. You don't leave room in your life to grow or to learn new skills, just you and God, Mm -hmm. because you're not giving God that space. That's right. And I think that's the harm. It's not that it's wrong to date. It's just, why are you dating? Yeah. And I think that you really have to have a solid foundation in Christ before you start to date, because if you're dating in the middle of trying to build that foundation, everything's going to be flip-flopped. You're going to have the relationship with a person above the relationship with God. And that's what I've done. And you've got to really establish that foundation, that relationship with Christ first and foremost, before you're able to allow somebody else into your life at second place. That's so good. That's so good. Um, Because your views on who God is, too, can be swayed. Mm Mm-hmm so easily by a boy mm-hmm. so even if he goes to church he can be putting in different thoughts about how much god cares about you or mm-hmm. how god acts that you take to heart because you like him instead mm-hmm. of letting god fill you with who he is right you know right and then you're going to be going through years and years of a relationship half filled because you're looking mm-hmm. to the person instead of looking to god and you know on that very point i don't think a girl can know she's supposed to feel like in a good relationship until she knows what it's like to be filled with God. Oh, yeah. Because when you know what it's like to just wake up completely alone and feel loved and full of purpose and excited about your future because of who God is, you're never going to know if you're being treated well or not Mm. by a boy. That's so good. That's so true. So good. It's like the candy in the meal discussion we had last episode. Yes, you I only forgot candy. about that. You don't know what it feels like to be filled with steak. Hmm. It's true. <laughs> I like steak, but I like a little bit of chocolate on the side. Oh, steak and chocolate? Girl. Get your steak from God. Over. Get your fill, and then he'll give you a little bit of some candy on the side. Some little some dessert. That's right. <laughs> That's good. So on the positive side, what are some things that you've liked in some relationships in the past? Yes. So I don't really have like personal relationship stories, but I've seen a lot of people be in relationships with others that are encouraging and Mm. they build each other up and they come to each other with that communication and they're able to build up the relationship in a way that honors God. One of my best friends, she's been married for a couple years now. I was just talking to her yesterday, and she said the no- number one advice that she's been given is keep your relationship stuff between you and your spouse mm. and only really good godly counsel. That's good. And I said that is so good because if you sit there and try to spread your whole relationship out with everybody else. On that note, I found that so few people 
speak really carefully about each other when they're not around. Mm -hmm. You know, when you get around certain wives or certain girlfriends and they're all just dogging and like talking about what their boyfriends don't do. And like, here's the reality, like nobody's perfect. Mm -hmm. You're not going to find a life partner that does everything perfectly all the time and serves you perfectly every day of the week. Like it's not true. So you may find some people that are better at encouragement or some people that are better at serving, but you're not going to find someone who's good at everything right Mm -hmm. off the bat. But you can always choose to talk about their positive sides. Absolutely. To your friends and your family. And not that you should lie and make him sound like he's the best guy in the entire world and he's better than your guy, you know, like not in a competitive Mm -hmm. way, but just in a, how are you choosing to speak about them? Mm -hmm. And if they were around, would they be like, I'm so glad I found this girl in my life because she speaks such life over me, even when I'm not here. Absolutely. And then your brain is focused on his good qualities too. And you tend to show more grace for when he messes up because it's going to at some point. Because how many times does God look at us and be like, you done X, Y, Z. He doesn't even look at that stuff. Mm -hmm. He lifts us up by the good things about us, which is that Christ is in us. And if we can't see our significant other, like a child of God, and we're sitting there saying bad things about them or degrading them around our other friends, that's not healthy for you or for them. No. You don't want them to sit there and say those things about you to somebody else. You're supposed to be encouraging each other and accepting each other with your imperfect stuff. And I think the other thing I've liked before is guys who listen. I really like that. Like when I'm having a bad day or when something upsets me, like they'll really listen because they want to know why it bothered me. Mm -hmm. Like I think that's a good quality too. Right. And yeah. And when they actually listen, and even if it's between you two and you have something like a problem you need to work through, if they Mm -hmm. actively listen, even if they are a little upset about it and they show in their actions future down the line that they're actually taking into account what you said and they're trying to change it, that means so much. Oh, yeah. That's an attractive quality, too. Absolutely. I agree. And that's all about maturity, too, because... Mm -hmm. So many relationships, especially in our 20s, everybody was just immature. They weren't ready for a relationship. And I think that goes back to if you're not mature in your relationship with Christ, you shouldn't entertain a relationship with somebody else. Mm. Especially as a Christian, like it's our job to love people. Like that's our number one command from Jesus is to love him and to love people. Mm -hmm. And we don't have any business dating if we're not good at loving our family and our friends, mm-hmm. like we need to start there and learn how to do relationship well mm-hmm. absolutely. before we start dating because that has so much heart attachment. Mm-hmm. It's got so much more damage that we can do to other people. And absolutely. that's what we don't go into it thinking about. We think about the fun stuff and, and that stuff's there too. But you have to realize too that you suddenly have a very big impact on it, someone's heart and someone's walk with the Lord and you need to treat that carefully. Absolutely. And that requires maturity. Absolutely. Because if you're sitting there saying all these nasty things or grading things to your significant other, how's that going to encourage them to be a better person? How's that that going to encourage them to help your relationship grow? It's not. It's not. And you can't take that into a marriage. And that's what happens is people in their 20s Mm -hmm. are young. They are not thinking about those things. They're dating to date. Then they feel like they can't live without each other and they get married. Mm -hmm. And then all that immaturity that never got worked out with the Lord beforehand or got practice to do it healthy, let's put mm-hmm. it that way, beforehand, then goes into marriage, and then it's just nagging each other because you're not good enough. Right. And then everybody's miserable because nobody likes to right. be nagged all day. No. Men or women, no. we just don't like it. And I don't like to nag, and sometimes I'll catch myself saying, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, why am I doing that? I'm like, I'm sorry. That was <laughs> very rude. Me. <laughs> I'm really sorry. And then they forgive you. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the healthy mm-hmm. part of being in a relationship that is actually mature. It's the give and take of grace. Absolutely. That's it. Absolutely. Yeah. We kind of talked about this, but how has choosing to wait, like put off dating just to date through your 20s, 
How has that grown you as a person? I think I was able to see my purpose that God had for me and to grow in God, loving others. Mm -hmm. I've learned that it's not about me. It's about others and it's about God. And I'm reading the Beatitudes now and how to have an upside down kingdom and how mm. um, you're, you're supposed to be pure in heart, but you have to have a poor spirit and realize that you need God. You need him. And then you mourn for your sins and you repent. And then you're going to hunger and thirst after righteousness because you're desiring God. And you want to show that gentleness and mercy to other people because he's shown it to you. And when you realize how much God loves you and what he's made you to be, a child of God, holy and perfect, you're going to want to live a life that's honoring God and putting everybody else above you. You're going to mm. want to love others well. And you're going to want to love God. And so many relationships I've seen and even some I've been in, they're very selfish and very self-seeking mm. and they're not loving and kind and considerate. And I feel like the time I've had in the wait, I've realized how much God wants us to love. We're mm. here to love and everything comes from love. And that's probably the biggest thing. Yeah, that's good. Beatitude study. I want to borrow that. Yes, you can. <laughs> Daily Grace, shout out. Oh, I love Daily Grace. I know, right? <laughs> All the best Bible studies. So good. <laughs> um, for me, I feel like I've learned to sit with God and be patient better. So I'm oh, not great good. at it. Mm-hmm. But like, there are so many seasons in life, single, dating, married, when God's just going to be like, I need you to just sit still and yeah. trust me. And if we are constantly going and constantly, again, dating and have our hearts and minds filled with guys and boys and, you know, just always moving on to the next thing and the next thing, we don't learn that skill. Mm-mm. But we so desperately need it. Oh, yeah. Because God is not a God who just gives us everything we want exactly when we want it. No. Or just gives us the next steps always and super clearly. Like sometimes he wants us to sit and watch him work and not be a part of it. Oh, that's you so know? good. Mm-hmm. And so there have been times when I was going on grand adventures in my 20s. And there have been other times when he just asked me to sit still. Like just get up every day. Go do this job. Love the people you're there. Go home. Trust me. Yeah. Go to bed with peace that mm-hmm. I'm a good God, that I've got a plan, and get up tomorrow and do the same thing. I hate that. I hate routine. Yes, I hate <laughs> but routine too. But that, there have yeah. been seasons when God just asks that of me, and I just do it with open hands, trusting that He knows how much I love adventures. Mm-hmm. He knows that I want to be married and have kids. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. You just have to give Him all those dreams and just be like, I trust that you're a good God, and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And that takes work. It is not a skill no. you just have. No. And it's so easy. It's so hard because it's in those times that you sit and your brain can overwhelm you with, oh, you're still single. Mm -hmm. Oh, you don't have anybody to love you. Oh, you're going to be single the rest of your life. And you're just sitting here and God is sitting there saying, no, 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 just be still. Yeah. And it is hard. It's Mm -hmm. hard to just sit because I'm not a sitter. I want to get stuff done. And I've learned, I agree with you, I learned in the time of waiting, if you're not sitting still and being patient, you're not going to hear God talk to you. Yeah, because he just wants us to be with him. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that means just stopping everything else and just be with him. Right. But the skills you learn in that, to me, are like learning to see God's goodness Mm -hmm. despite what you feel and patience. And those are things that come up all throughout life. You know, like one of those times when you do get married and you're married to a great man and you want to have kids and you guys can't have kids. That's a season of waiting when you're married. Right. Like you feel like you've gotten the thing you've always dreamed of having, but you still don't because you still want something else and it's not coming. Or 
you know, those seasons when someone you love is diagnosed with cancer and they're going through terrible cancer treatments and you keep going to the hospital and you're just waiting and you're unsure of what's going to happen. Those times in life are still going to come. And I know mm-hmm. when you're young and you're in your 20s, you feel like the only thing weighing on you is just to get married. Yeah. But there's so much more of life after that and you need God to right. get through it. Like Absolutely. being married is not enough. Right. And that's that whole going back to building that foundation, building a relationship with God. He gives you that time of waiting and those seasons of singleness to build up all the different trials you're going to go through mm-hmm. with him and him alone. So when you're in it, when a marriage or in it, when a relationship, you know what to do or you at least you know who to go to. Right. Because we are the skills that we've practiced. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's like athletes, like they can't be good at what they're good at unless they have the muscle memory mm-hmm. to be good at it. And we have to be that way as Christians. Like right. We have to have the muscle memory of trusting God and mm-hmm. of stopping the anxious thought spiral and just being like, no, I believe God's good. Right. I do. He's proved it to me. He's told me that. I right. know it's true. I have to put this down and go to sleep. Right. Because just being single is not the only time we're going to struggle no. with having to wait for something. No. And I, I would say even in relationships, you also have that struggle. You yeah. also feel like you're in a stuck, in a silent waiting time. You're always going to have those seasons. So who marriage are you going to rely to? those seasons mm-hmm. too. I know some friends who are so lonely and they're married. Yeah. So like there are times when loneliness still hits and rejection still hits from other people, not mm-hmm. just boys. And you know, those skills that... I feel like are so easily practiced when you're single, but yet easily overlooked. Yeah, agreed. When has waiting been the hardest for you? When all my friends are getting married. That was going to be my answer. (laughs) Sorry, when all my friends are trying to get married. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's hard because I wanted so bad to be married because all my other friends were married or are getting married that Mm -hmm. I stayed in a relationship I should have been in. Oh, yeah. I've done that. Um, And I literally said, okay, God, I'm just sitting here. I can't end it. You need to do it. Mm. And I think it's so hard when you want something so bad because everybody else has it that you're willing to give up anything. And that's that was my relationship with God. I was giving up Mm. my relationship with God because I wanted what everybody else had. Mm. And that is not okay. No. That for me, like happened young, like we were in college and they were getting married and right after college, I think two or three more got married and I was in so many weddings and it just seemed so fun and exciting for everybody but me. And I remember just being like, God, I want something fun and exciting, you Mm -hmm. know? Right. And I saw it more as that instead of a lifelong person to encourage and pour into. Like Mm -hmm. when you look at it that way, it's so much responsibility. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I just wanted the fun. You You want the pretty weddings. Yeah, Yeah. the pretty weddings and wear the dress. And Mm -hmm. I want to carry flowers, you know. Yeah, Yeah. it was definitely like... love me. Yeah, Yeah. it was much more shallow. And then as we started going through our 20s and they were all getting two and three years into their marriage and things were getting hard, my perspective completely shift because of those married friends. Because they were opening up to me and I was like, whoa, this is a lot harder Mm -hmm. than it seemed when we were in college and it just looked fun. Right. And that's when I think my perspective on being single changed too Mm -hmm. because I was like, okay, this is hard work that I need to be preparing for. Right, absolutely. Not something I need to just sit around and be jealous of. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you. It was that that was the hard part for me, but then it really turned when I started mm-hmm. seeing marriage, right? And for I real think, life. <laughs> yeah, I think God gives us those aha moments mm-hmm. because we He knew we needed them. Yeah, and I feel like He makes people wait different times 
for a reason because he knows our he knows our personality and he knows what's best for us mm-hmm. i couldn't have gotten married young it would not have worked out good I for agree. me it would not because i was not even anywhere close to where i needed to be with god i was self-centered i was looking at myself and what i looked like and what um, i'd done and what other people looked like and i wasn't looking at what god wanted me to do mm. marriage is hard marriage is hard it's hard work i mean like we said earlier with athletes i feel like it's the same thing to do well as a wife is the same as doing well as an athlete mm-hmm. like it takes practice it takes right. hard work it takes keeping your mouth shut when you mm-hmm. need to keep your mouth shut Absolutely. and learning to encourage regularly mm-hmm. so that your guy feels super supported by you. Absolutely. You know, And that is a practice skill that we can be right. practicing now, not waiting until we're 10 years in and everybody's miserable. You Absolutely. Know? <laughs> and that just made me think of um, Isaiah, what is it, 53, when Jesus was literally silent. Yeah. How much more are we able to know Jesus and how, we, how his character truly is and how we can apply it to ourselves and to our future marriage if we just jump into marriage? Mm. Amen. Wow, I don't know why that came to me. But it was good. good. Thank you, God. (laughs) Thank you, God, for that word. It's so so crazy how I've been doing a lot of studies that have been showing me how to live in the character of Jesus and how we're supposed to live in his character and live and be more like him. And we can only do that by walking in his spirit. Mm -hmm. That's how we're supposed to be as a wife. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to be the loving, kind, generous, humble, you know, gentle, peaceful we're supposed to be that person that's going to encourage somebody and lift them up and be their strength, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's Jesus. Yeah. And that's something, now that you're talking about it, that's something I've always thought about is what kind of wife I want to be. Has that ever gone mm-hmm. through your head? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I got done, um, I don't know what Because people were making doing. lists of, like, what you wanted a husband when they were younger. I was making lists of what I wanted to be his wife. Yes. Like, I, never, like, I never, like, wrote it out except, like, maybe, I guess, four or five months ago. And I found this Proverbs 31 um, description of a probably okay, 31 yeah. woman. I went through every single pinpoint they had and highlighted it in the verses and it was going through what kind of woman you wanted to be and it never really hit me that God literally wrote it out in this book of how we're supposed to be. Yeah. It's yeah. right there. It's right there. It's crazy. It's God already tells us what to do. We just got to listen to him. Mm-hmm. Read his word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And love people in the meantime. I think yes. that's the biggest key is like the only way to learn people, learn to love people well is to love people. Like Absolutely. you just practice it Absolutely. where you're at. And I think that with love, love is the center of all things. Mm-hmm. If you don't love, you're not going to be able to do everything else that God wants you to do. Because everything that God done was completely out of love for us. So if we love, we're going to be able to be kind to others, lift people up turn the other cheek. You know, we're going to be able mm-hmm. to do the things that God want us, wants us to do. And if we don't love God and allow him to love us, how are we going to love somebody else in a marriage? Right. And if we don't know what love looks like and feels like. Absolutely. And some of us have parents who have shown us great marriages. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, I mean, I think some of the most influential women in my life have been like my godmother and my godfather. Like they have an incredible marriage where they both serve each other. I feel like that's yeah. the biggest thing I've seen in the two of them. They serve each other all day, every day. Like it is a regular oh, so pattern in their lives. And it's just, I mean, it could be little things. Um, my godfather, like he is always there doing laundry or like mowing the yard or like helping with dinner. Like he's just, he's there to serve. And she does the same thing back. And that's so good because if you're serving them, they're going to want to serve you because it's a continual serving of each other. It is. What did God do? He served. Served. Mm-hmm. He washed the feet of the disciples. 
And how many of us go into a dating relationship of like, me, 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 how me. can I serve this person so well? Right. It's Nobody. Super rare. It's super rare. It's like, oh, I'm going to get in a relationship. I wonder how much they'll compliment me. Yeah. I wonder how many times they bring me flowers. How I wonder... many times will they buy my food? Yeah. yeah. What are you doing? Girls, wake up. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Amen. I'm not perfect, y'all. I struggle. But seriously, though, I yell at myself all the time. <laughs> no, I do the same. It is not all about you. Like, as your friends were getting married, what part of your heart was breaking? Was it a loneliness or? Loneliness and not being good enough. Okay. I've always seen mm-hmm. myself as the quote unquote ugly friend, or I did. Oh, I know that's, that's pitiful. So not true. I know. Uh, it's pitiful. And that was all the devil. Because, yeah. like, growing up, again, that goes to my relationship with God. It just wasn't good. It was just surface level at that time. But I was so lonely, and I just saw myself as not worthy, not good enough, not pretty enough. Mm. That was hard. Because yeah. you have to learn to love yourself. Mm-hmm. And God's like, why would you say that about what I created you to be? Like, you were fearfully and wonderfully made. Like, why would you say that you're not pretty enough, not good enough? And, yeah, loneliness and self-problems. I think also when you're waiting and you see all these other people seem happy and loved and then they start having kids and they have a family, you sit there and you're, you almost get semi-angry with God you're like well what about me what about me do you not love me too and I think that was also hard trying to realize that this is not God going against you this is God's plan for you and he's building you up for something so much better and I think that loneliness self-image and looking at God and being grateful and not angry yeah I mean, I think there's insecurities in all of us. Like, we all yes. have them. But That's a much better me, word. <laughs> for me growing up, like, I was always a few years behind all the girls my age. So, like, in middle school, I definitely still looked like a kid. Mm. Then I started growing giant feet, and nothing else grew. So I was, like, this tiny, bony, <laughs> super skinny kid. <laughs> With big feet. I, was, I wore, like, the size 6X. I just remember that one because I was in that size for, like, three years. Like, I just didn't grow. <laughs> and my feet got super big, and then I finally started getting taller. And so I had these long, skinny, bony legs and these giant feet. No curves till like, junior year of high school. I mean, it was late. <laughs> and all the boys thought all the other girls were cute. No one, you know, no one asked me how it flirted with Allison. me. Yeah. That's how I felt. <laughs> And then they all call me chicken legs. And I wouldn't wear shorts. I mean, I'm not kidding you. When we were at the beach, I'd wear a bathing suit. But I wore those long Bermuda shorts because I felt for some reason that that covered up some of my my chicken legs. I finally hit 100 pounds when I went to college. Like, that's how tiny I was. I'm not kidding. And as a homeschooler at home, I feel like my parents were always really good at encouraging all of us to just be weird and be ourselves. Mm -hmm. So when I was with them... I was fully confident in who God had made me to be, and it was fine because I was loved there, you know? But as soon as I branched out of that circle, I was very insecure, and a lot of it was about what I look like. Mm-hmm. So if anybody made any comments about my feet or, like, I remember being at one game night, like, the things that stick with you. I remember being at a game night, and someone saw my converses by the door, and they were asking which guy's shoes it was. <gasps> I have a size eight foot. Like, it's not uncommon it's not for a woman, big. but like, for just my shoes sitting alone, someone said that. I was like, I just wanted to crawl in a hole. And I remember the first guy who told me that long legs were an asset at, in college. I remember that too, because it blew my mind. I was like, like you mean oh. you like my legs? <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even go out with him. It was just some random guy like that I kind of knew that gave yeah. me a compliment, but I was like, they're okay. <laughs> they're okay. I'm not, a, I'm not an alien. So in some ways, like going into my 20s, I just feel like there was always that imbalance of mm-hmm. part of me being so comfortable with who I was and being okay with being different than everybody else because I had grown up different than everybody else. And then the other part of me that being like, but those people called you this, this, and this, you know, and those boys made fun of your feet and like, you're not enough. 
Mm-hmm. And then there was that balance of like, but your family all thinks you are. They mm-hmm. love you for who you are. And I just remember that being a constant like yes. war in my head. Like you said, it's definitely the devil. But that's always what came to mind when a guy didn't like me or I liked him, you know, whatever it's happened. My it's my or he life. picked another girl. Yeah, it was yeah. always like, it's chicken legs, girl. Mm-hmm. You're just, nobody's going to like those. You're going to be alone forever <laughs> because of your chicken legs. <laughs> so I'm with you like that. And that, that heartache goes deep because part of you... Would like go back to the Lord and be like, why'd you create me like yeah. this? You know, yep. mm-hmm. like I'm never going to attract anyone because you made me look like this. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and I remember one time I was frustrated with God about something and why he was doing something the way he was. And I just remember him being like, Allison, why do you like novels so much? Because you like discovering the story slowly and not knowing what the ending is. Oh. I'm trying to do that with your life and you're mad at me about it. And I just remember being oh. like, oh. Oh, that's good. You're right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if someone told me the ending of the book, I'd put it down. You'd like, be mad. I you would that. be mad at that person. Yeah. Like that's when people like ruin a book, ruin oh, a yeah. story. And yet God's trying to write this beautiful story and I want him to ruin it. No, yeah. I don't. No, I don't. I want him mm-hmm. to unfold it mm-hmm. in the beautiful way that he thinks is best. Right. So I also try to remind myself of that sometimes too of like, no, he's just doing it differently than you would write it. That's right. You are not an author. Stop trying. <laughs> You are not author. You are not God, the author. God, the author of the your story. author, right. Yeah. So I think those have been the heartaches that have come back to insecurity, like mm-hmm. you're saying. Just there's some things that just stick so deep. What joy did you experience being single through your 20s? Being able to do whatever I want. Yes. <laughs> if I want to sleep too. in, I can sleep in. If I want to go shopping, I can go shopping. If I want to get a dog, which I have, and he's 11 years old, I can get a dang dog. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's probably the best part is you don't have to worry about anybody but yourself. Mm-hmm. You can go on the adventures. You can go on a trip. You can go see your friends randomly. You can, you're just more free. Yeah. And having a husband and kids is beautiful. And it's yes. something I hope to have one day. Absolutely. But in, yeah, in my 20s, when I had full control of my money and I yes. could save a ton of it. And then when people invited me to go on trips, I could say yes because I had the money. Those are personal choices. And yes. I didn't have to consult anyone to make those. Yes. And it was awesome. Absolutely. You're just so free. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that you can't be free in a relationship, but you're just free with another person attached to you which is beautiful and wonderful and I want that but without those years of singleness in the 20s you wouldn't realize how much you could do right right yeah. And just being in other countries, you know, like I'd, I'd do all that and then I'd go be somewhere else. And then it's like, you're in Barcelona alone for the whole day because my friend I went to meet was working that day. So I just got to go to whatever bakery See? I wanted to go to and go walk down whatever street. And it's it's freeing. Like right. doing that with another person is sweet. You get to create memories with them. But being able to do it single is also fun. You get to find out what yeah. you enjoy. Exactly. Finding out who you are and who yeah. you want to be. And what things God sparked in your mm-hmm. heart just for you, right. just for you and him. Absolutely. And how are you supposed to marry somebody if you don't know who you truly are? Yeah. And he gives us those times of singleness to find the joy in him mm. and what he's allowed us to do. I love to do stuff by myself. Curl up on a couch and read a book with no one there. Yes, Yes, please. girl. <laughs> yes. I know I'm speaking your language. Yes, um, you are. But you can do that with a relationship. But you have so many other obligations when you get married. Mm-hmm. And so when you're single, you just say, okay, God, now what? You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's exciting. Like, that yeah. is what got me excited mm-hmm. and still does for young girls who are yes. single and they're, like, struggling with it. I'm like, girl, you have the whole world yes. at your fingertips. Like, we yes. literally have so many opportunities yes. to do so many things. And you don't have to Absolutely. ask for anyone's permission. You don't have to find a babysitter for your kids. Absolutely. Like, you can just say yes and go. Yeah. Like, it's so freeing. It is. Oh, Yeah. 
don't don't rush it. Mm-mm. Don't rush it. It's it does suck at times, but it is so freeing to know that you can do whatever your heart desires as long as you're lined up with God and right. you just really grow. You grow as a human, you grow as a child of God. It's just so fun realizing how much God loves you and just being joyful with him all the time. Mm. Yeah. There's this book I'm going to make this reference. Shocker! <laughs> book reference! Um, if anyone's writing books about Ted Decker, he's a really creative writer. But he has this series called The Circle Series, and you can read it in any order as long as you go. Like, you can jump into the circle anywhere, but you can have to read all the books in the circle order, if that makes sense. Huh. But you don't have to start with one. You could start, like, three, four, one, two. And you I've wrote never. them that way. It's bizarre and beautiful. I love it. So anyway, it's a great book series. But there's one book. He has, it's almost like a Narnia kind of idea where when this man in the U.S. falls asleep, he wakes up in another world. It's got like weird creatures and all this stuff. But that world is supposed to be reflective of almost like an Adam and Eve, like when people were perfect and had a perfect relationship with their creator. It's kind of what it is. Huh. So he, he finds God in this dream world. But every time he goes to sleep in one world, he wakes up in the other one. So it's like Narnia, except he keeps going back and forth. Oh. And he discovers God in the other world. But there is this scene that is the most beautiful. I mean, it has stuck with me forever. But he is kind of figuring out who this God is. And everybody's telling him about this God. And he's like, okay, but like, when can I meet him and they're like well you just experience him you know Mm. and they kind of tell him different ways that they've experienced him but it's still an abstract idea to him he's like I still don't really understand and he goes for a swim in this pool and he jumps in and he doesn't have to breathe air down there he can just breathe it in like breathe in the water and God's in the water and so it just like wraps him with these feelings so the author just describes the way he feels he breathes in God, like the water just goes in him and it like fills him up with who God is. Mm. It swirls around him, these beautiful thoughts about who God is and who God created him to be, like go through his mind while he's in this pool of water. And it's so cool. It's a cool scene in the book. But that to me is what I feel like you can experience when yes. you're single and your mind is free of distractions and you're not having to worry about like when kids need to be at which appointment. Yes. There is time and space right. in your life to just experience God. That is so good. And that, I feel like it's just a super sweet thing that you have to experience for yourself. You can't be convinced by someone else Mm -hmm. that it exists. Like, you have to do it yourself. It's just so hard to do that when you let life get too busy. Right, because you don't have the time to just let go. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so true. Because it's the feeling of knowing who God is and how he loves you and truly feeling it for yourself. That is unexplainable. Yeah. And until you can have that personal experience with God and be able to feel him even in the smallest things. Once you have that big experience, one, you're going to have it multiple times throughout the rest of your life. But whenever you have that, you're able to know when God is near, Mm -hmm. which he's always near, but that helps fuel the rest of your life. Yeah. It really does. So good. I need to read these books. I have them all. You can borrow them. Okay. (laughs) It's a really good series. It really is like Narnia for adults. It's really fun. So cool. And what's crazy is that in the US, like the problem he ends up encountering is this virus that goes worldwide. It was all before COVID. It was written like twelve years ago. It was crazy. (laughs) But I kept thinking about that book as COVID was happening. I was like, this is bizarre. (laughs) I feel like what we've experienced the most is that dating is complicated and there's a lot you have to learn for yourself. Like you can't, there's no formula that's just magically, this is how you meet somebody. But there's so much you can do through your singleness mm-hmm. to benefit when you do find a really great person that's worth absolutely dating and spending the rest of your life with. Agree. So take joy in your singleness, girls. That's right. It's so special. Stay tuned for part two. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.